Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox. I'd like to welcome you to Compliance Into the Weeds, the podcast where, with Matt Kelly, the coolest guy in compliance, founder and editor of Radical Compliance, we take a deep dive into the weeds of a compliance or compliance-related topic. Compliance Into the Weeds is a part of the Compliance Podcast Network and now on C-Suite Radio. We also now have our own iTunes show, so check us out. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, the voice of compliance, back again with Matt Kelly, the coolest guy in compliance and also the uh, editor of Radical Compliance for another episode. Today, we're going to take up the thing that has been the front of my mind for the past week, which is the Astros sign-stealing scandal. So, Matt, welcome. Hello, Tom. Happy to be here. So, Matt, for uh, any of the listeners uh, who may not have read any of my uh, 2,334 blog posts on this, um, the basic facts are uh, Major League Baseball instituted a uh, replay system, and to facilitate that, they put a camera in center field. Uh, Thereafter, they allowed teams to put a monitor in their clubhouse so that they could make a decision on whether they wanted to challenge and call for a challenger review, rather, not replay, but review. And uh, the Astros decided that they would utilize that to steal that feed, uh, or rather keep make another copy of the feed and split it off and use it to steal the signs of the catcher. Uh, they took that a step further in, in a very decidedly old school but very baseball way to communicate that sign to the players via banging a trash can lid with a baseball bat. So one for a fastball, two for a uh, off-speed pitch. Mm-hmm. Um, they did this during their pennant-winning and World Series-winning 2017 series. They continued into 2018. In September of 2017, unrelated to the Astros' Major League Baseball issued a memorandum saying that uh, such nefarious conduct was unethical and would be severely punished. Uh, we should note parenthetically that the underlying facts which led to that memo were the Boston Red Sox using a much high, higher tech solution, which was communications via Apple Watch in the dugout. I was waiting for you to get the Red Sox angle in there, Tom. <laughs> I haven't started. The um, <laughs> uh, Where's Jay Rosen when you need him? The... Um, uh, Astros continued the sign-stealing scheme into the 2018 season and uh, uh, disbanded it after it became ineffective. So for a business reason, they stopped their unethical conduct. In November 2019, former Astros pitcher Mike Fears uh, gave an interview to Ken Rosenthal at the Athletic Athletic Magazine, who wrote a piece on this uh, sign-stealing scandal. Major League Baseball announced an investigation, investigated uh, with 68 interviews over about six weeks, and on Monday of last week announced their decision, which was a $5 million fine against the Astros, loss of first and second round draft picks in 2020 and 2021, and suspension of general manager Jeff Lunau and uh, field manager A.J. Hinch, who, although were not in charge of or ran the sign stealing sign stealing scheme either were aware of it and did nothing or were unaware of it and did nothing subsequently astros owner jim crane fired both hinch and lunau uh boston manager alex cora who was the instigator of the steam when he scheme when he was the bench coach of the astros was terminated from his position as manager of the boston red sox carlos beltran who was a player with the Astros at the time the scheme was originated and was the player lead on the scheme, 
was terminated by the New York Mets <clears throat> uh, as their manager, although he had yet to manage a game. So some pretty swift fallout. Uh, I will not go into the Twitter universe commentary about other potential uh, fallout, um, but that's sort of where we are. Matt, um, the, uh, maybe the thing we can start with, because we may have some interesting uh, views on this, is that the commissioner made the decision not to discipline any players. He gave immunity, blanket immunity to all players as long as they told the truth. Uh, I thought he did this for two reasons. One was to garner as much evidence as he could. But two, also, <clears throat> uh, the players are represented by Major League Baseball and have a contract in place. It's unknown to me if a Major League, uh, the union representative sat in on these interviews, but any discipline of a player would have to go through the contract uh, arbitration process. And that may have dissuaded him uh, as well. Uh, and perhaps one other reason, many of the players who formerly uh, were on the Astros and were part of this scheme uh, play for other teams. So it's unclear if it would have been fair or unfair to discipline those players. So um, what are some of your thoughts around the way the players were treated? Did it facilitate the investigation? Did it hamper the investigation and, and perhaps the discipline or non-discipline, I should say, of the players? Yeah, I, I mean, I struggle with the player discipline issue a lot. Uh, I have been trying in my mind to compare or to draw as many parallels as possible between what the Major League Baseball has done and what you might typically experience in a corporate misconduct scandal. And it is intriguing to me that over in FCPA world, in the corporate world, uh, the Justice Department always talks about holding individuals who actually committed the bribery offenses, hold them accountable and here in baseball, we have the ones who actually did the sign stealing are not being punished. And um, I was struck when Major League Baseball did publish their report, which is well worth reading for everybody. Uh, basically, it said other than Alex Cora, there were no other managers involved. This was a player initiated and player executed scheme. And we're not going to punish any players. As a practical matter, I understand Major League Baseball's uh, reticence to pick a fight with the players union over this. That could be very awkward. Um, I see, Tom, your point about how now a lot of these players might be playing for different teams. So that's kind of like firing somebody at your company because they committed a bribery act while they were still working for somebody else two years ago. That's not what would happen in the corporate world. So, I, I mean, I don't really quite get it, except that if you swept away the union issue, and of course here in corporate America, we are sweeping away unions as briskly as we can. Um, if you swept away the players union, would Major League Baseball have disciplined these players more vigorously? I don't know. Um, so A, Tom, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. And B, my other big thing, though, is that if the players were guilty of this, then could you strip the Astros of their World Series title? Because that would be one way to sort of metaphorically slap them at least. But if they won so many games, at least partially due to cheating, then should we maybe take their distinction of good play away because it wasn't that good play? I don't know. But, Tom, what do you think about those ideas? So let me go to the amnesty granted to the players leading to the no discipline of the players. We actually have precedent from that on that from the FCPA world. And that's the mm -hmm. Siemens case. And in the Siemens case, the company uh, was a, 
at a uh, really stuck on their internal investigation because they couldn't get anyone to come forward and uh, talk to them. Obviously, an internal investigation, perhaps not obviously, an internal investigation doesn't have subpoena power. Uh, you can perhaps have the power to terminate, but in Germany, that may be a problematic issue. And the uh, German company uh, in Germany made the decision to offer amnesty to not senior level managers, uh, but mid-level and low-level managers who came forward. Uh, they were given, um, they could receive some discipline, but they would not lose their jobs with the company. and They wouldn't lose whatever pension or other benefits they might have. So uh, 60, I think it was 66 uh, Siemens employees stepped forward and testified. And it really broke the log jam on the Siemens internal investigation. Uh, it really broke open uh, that case and allowed Siemens to move forward and, of course, led to what was then the highest FCPA fine in the history of the world ever since eclipsed. So there, there's some precedent for that. And um, it, it's hard to really disentangle the union issue because of the procedural due process afforded Major League Baseball players um, as union members under that contract. But um, if I guess the other thing, Matt, that I'd like to explore with you is the speed in which MLB was able to accomplish this. Obviously, we see FCPA investigations that literally are years long. Here we had uh, from a November 13, I believe, notice through the Athletic Magazine uh, to last Monday was January 13th. Uh, full, um, basically two months uh, to conclude the matter, write the report and issue the discipline. Uh, And I was really stunned, thankful, uh, and found instructive the fact that Major League Baseball was able to accomplish this so quickly. Obviously, it was a, a very big issue. It turned out to be much bigger than anyone had, I think, fully appreciated. But by, um, I think, Perhaps a sacrifice MLB made was we want to get the facts and we want to try to make this right. And we're going to perhaps sacrifice some discipline, at least of those who were uh, directly involved, i.e. the players. Uh, it, they didn't name any other players other than Carlos Beltran in the report. Although it was clear uh, and it quoted in the report, <clears throat> most of the players admitted what they did. They knew it was wrong when they were doing it because it had stepped over some magical unwritten line or rule in Major League Baseball about how you could steal signs. So the the trade-off, I thought, was appropriate in this instance. And perhaps if a company is thinking about this issue and has to face something along the lines that Siemens face, which was a, a systemic bribery in multiple business units literally across the globe, that's something that could be done. Uh, I would assume that amnesty was offered at least in consultation with the Department of Justice, because it was after uh, Siemens had self-disclosed. Um, how, how, how do you see that uh, in terms of the speed and thoroughness of the report? Oh, I think that is speed and thoroughness are critical to sending a strong message that people hear. Um, you know, I this is way, way off topic as a counterexample, but I often hear when people talk about the pros and cons of the death penalty, there are people who say it's not the severity of punishment that matters. It is the certainty of punishment that deters people. And part of that certainty of punishment is swiftness 
and clarity of, you know, you immediately turn around and you discipline the errant organization or child or adult or wrongdoer of any kind. Um, but yeah, you know, we see this in uh, FCPA land all the time that we are talking about uh, misconduct that happened back during like the second term of the Bush administration. And meanwhile, all relevant executives have moved on. Uh, the business processes have changed. The technology has changed. And, you know, sometimes it can be a bit frustrating talking about lessons learned from a situation that is so outdated. That is absolutely not the case here. And regardless of whether the players should or should not have been disciplined, I do think that the Major League Baseball's swiftness investigating this, the severity of what they did, particularly to A.J. Hinch and Jeff Lubinow, which I would like to address momentarily, but like what they did to resolve this, if you want to send a clarion call to everybody in your purview, don't ever do this again. I think Major League Baseball did that with these actions. That is for sure. So I'd like to get to your uh, discussion around Hinch and Lunau, but let me preface it by picking up on one point you raised and see if it ties together, which is, uh, was the penalty severe enough? And you raised the possibility, or at least the discussion point of stripping the Astros from their 2017 World Series championship. Um, not quite sure if you stripped them from their 2019 uh, World Series appearance, or at least American League championship as well. But uh, does that tie into Lunau and Hinch, or is that, uh, should we save that for a separate point? Uh, well, let's save it for a separate point. I think you know, my idea with stripping the the team of the championship is, frankly, that's a, a badge of shame for the players. There's going to be an asterisk next to their participation in the 2017 season for the rest of their lives. And, okay, we can't dock them their World Series bonus pay. We can't throw them out of the game or suspend them or something. You can put an asterisk next to their name, and that's what stripping the World Series would do, I think. At least that's that's the closest approximation we can come to putting an asterisk next to their name, whether they like it or not. There was a uh, removal of the Astros from the World Series. Um, first of all, I'm incredibly conflicted emotionally on this point. Uh, as I've tried to write about. But the other thing, Matt, in terms of punishment, other than perhaps retribution, is deterrence. And in the readings I've done, for the, the research I've done on this since the report came out, it basically has come down to 31 or 32 of the general managers in baseball have basically said, you know, I take those penalties to win a World Series. Uh, it's that big a deal. It's that important. And, you know, if I lost a year, well, okay, I'm still a World Series champ. And if the general managers feel that way, I would have to opine that most players feel that way as well. So without the stripping of the title, do we really have deterrence? If that's what the general managers say, then in my opinion, they can just increase the penalties paid to the, the imposed upon the teams. It's not like the owners can't afford this, first of all. Um, and at some point soon, we should get to John Henry and his waffling for a moment or two over whether he should fire or part ways with Alex Cora. Uh, because, of course, John Henry, you know, could have a billion dollar fine. And I think then finally that might you know, raise a, a tinge on the back of his neck before he starts to feel any pain. Um, most of these men um, who are in charge, the owners, ultimately, 
if they wanted to say do not win by playing dirty baseball they could and if the penalty has to be sufficiently large like it's not like major league baseball couldn't tune it up the money is there um but i i also i just think that the players themselves like i don't know maybe i'm corny maybe i am a bit naive but i still think that a certain number of them uh do do want to play this for the love of the game. They do want some respect from the public and the fans. And if you can shame them, then go ahead and shame them. And I I wouldn't have any problem with that. I think that stripping them of their World Series title uh, would be one good way to shame them. I think uh, what my fellow Boston, res- uh, Boston team fan Jay Rosen has done with his Boston City of Cheaters t-shirt like that's another great way to shame them I mean if some Red Sox player saw that Jay wearing that t-shirt that would sting Um, so I mean I don't know you you have to struggle for what the best way to motivate the players might be but like I keep coming back to examples like that so let's turn to uh, Lunau and Hinch did you want to look at the uh, punishment or their actions I, I want to start with Hinch, actually, and the actions here, because as I understand it, in one part, the report said Lunau and Hinch were not involved in and did not know about the scandal here, but in but they had to be punished because they're responsible for the team's culture, and this festered right under their nose, and I do get that. However, correct me if I'm wrong, but was Hinch not also like smashing up video monitors with baseball bats to try and dissuade people from doing this? Um, where I'm going with this is as I was reading about Hinch in particular and his trying to communicate to players, don't do this. And they were still doing it. Um, that actually beckoned back to another FCPA enforcement action. I had, we, I think both you and I wrote about last year, Juniper Networks, which had persistent problems with one of its subsidiaries over in Russia called JNN, where Juniper Network's headquarters knew JNN was really flouting the boundaries of the FCPA, and Juniper told JNN, knock it off. We know what you're doing. Don't be bribing people. Don't be showering people with gifts and entertainments. Stop. And JNN didn't stop for like three or four more years. Um, So I remember I wrote a blog post at the time about how you can or cannot get subsidiaries to listen to uh, commandments from the corporate headquarters. And I kept thinking of that as I'm listening to AJ Hinch, like, dude, you know, what part of don't do this? Were you struggling with this or, you know, I mean, I, I don't know if you know more details about his involvement in, not in direct involvement at the Stein ceiling, but in his efforts to dissuade employ uh, players from doing this. Like, so did he bash up the monitors or did he not bash up? Did he know about it or did he not? I'm unclear on exactly what his role was trying to get people to, to knock it off. Uh, he did know about it. He did bash the monitors with actually with a baseball bat, decidedly old school. Um, but he never told anyone to stop. He never said stop. Um, you use um, analogies of your, your parenting skills um, and, uh, and when I was a parent, if I didn't tell my daughter to stop, uh, whatever analogies I might use or even baseball bats, I took the things never worked. I, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I would have thought that taking a baseball bat to the monitors you're using to st- sign steel and ma- mashing up the monitors, like I, but 
it is a point worth underlining um, because, yes, you are correct that if you want a message sent clearly, you have to say it clearly and not necessarily couch it in flowery um, gestures or anything like that. Actually, this also reminds me of another uh, corporate misconduct scandal from um, Ohio State and Jim Jordan, the Ohio congressman who was an assistant on the wrestling team and turned a blind eye to abuses that some other staffers were visiting to the wrestling team players, where Jordan actually said, well, nobody told me what filing a complaint actually was. So when I heard wrestlers talk about getting abused by other staff, I didn't take that as something that was a complaint that I should look into. Nobody ever said that to me. Okay, you know, now suddenly I'm starting to roll my eyes a little bit less that maybe you do actually need to sit down and tell people what is the process, what is acceptable, and you don't necessarily assume that a grandiloquent gesture like bashing a monitor with a baseball bat is going to convey the opinion. Maybe not. Um, Tom, I had one other point that I wanted to bring up that I thought was really good that you actually made in one of your podcasts with Jay Rosen last week, I think in this week in FCPA, when you guys were talking about the scandal, um, we should remember that all of this traces back to when Major League Baseball introduced the replay technology in 2015. And I can't help but think about a something that an old sci-fi writer once said that stuck in my head. Anytime a new technology is introduced, you have to think about the accident, which is how will this technology get used in ways you did not anticipate? When we introduced the railroad, we introduced the derailment. When we invented the airplane, we invented the plane crash. When we invented the internet, we invented cybersecurity threats and ransomware. And when Major League Baseball introduced instant replay, they put the forces in motion to create the Stein ceiling scandal. And I think that is a point worth compliance officer's attention. Anytime you are introducing something new in your business, consider what is the accident we are also going to introduce? And you can control for it. A lot of what we're talking about on our daily basis here is how you control for unwanted events and outcomes. But I thought that was a really subtle but important point to bring up is that the accident is always lurking out there and we have to try and anticipate it. So if I could maybe phrase that in compliance ease, as sure. your business risks evolve, your risk uh, assessment and risk management strategies must evolve. And whether that is the responsibility in this case of Major League Baseball or that's the responsibility of the Astros, uh, whoever was responsible, uh, they did nothing. And um, I see that as, as really a big lesson learned Um but let me go back to uh, Jeff Lunau, because you said you yep. also had some thoughts on him. So I'd be interested in those. Well, you know, I am, you know, that's another one where I think I am impressed with and support the idea that A, Lunau should have been held accountable for the corporate culture. And then B, the Astros owner, um, Mr. Crane, I forget his first name, um, held him up and fired him. And because even though they had nothing to do with this, uh, they were the ones who are in charge of corporate culture. And we focus so much in FCPA compliance and corporate compliance on the roles of gatekeepers and tone at the top and the extra burden that these people have. 
And um, that is essentially the role that they were filling at the Houston Astros. So, of course, ultimately, yeah, they they got what they deserved because if they were not responsible enough for this, if they didn't like that extra responsibility, they should not have shouldered such big leadership positions. Um, and then I, I just want to, I guess, maybe circle back to what did trouble me a little bit here in Boston was it took the Red Sox a little bit longer than it should have for them to decide that we should part ways with Alex Cora. Um, especially since Cora seems to be the one who really deserves like if anybody deserves a lifetime ban from the sport, I think it's Alex Cora, and I don't know that he'll get it, but he seems to be much more guilty and complicit in this than anybody else. And he was a gatekeeper because he was a coach with the Astros, unlike the players. Um, and then I was, I don't know, perhaps surprised, but not surprised at the same time that it took the Red Sox an extra day or two to figure out what are we going to do with this guy, when clearly he was going to be an even bigger problem for the Red Sox than Lunau and Hinchwood were for the Astros. So uh, I, I applaud uh, the Astros owner, Crane, who I think handled this very nobly. Lesson uh, from Lunau. First of all, Lunau has been completely, totally unrepentant in this. He said he didn't know about it, had nothing to do with it. Uh, when um, there, the report, uh, it was not that the report was unclear. Uh, the commissioner's report said that Emails were sent to him about this, but it was unclear if he read them. I guess that means he denied he read them. But it was what was clear was the September 27th memo, which MLB sent, uh, specifically prohibiting the conduct the Astros were engaged in. Uh, he didn't even bother to share that with the team. Um, that was uh, a clear lesson. But also um, the big part of the report spoke about the culture at the Houston Astros. And apparently uh, the commissioner was just appalled at the culture he has seen. Um, we had an incident after, or rather during the uh, ALCS with the Yankees where the assistant general manager, Brandon Taubman uh, engaged in some pretty untoward behavior with female Sports reporters, uh, the Astros initially denied that that incident even occurred. They finally, after a week, apologized. The, um, there are uh, several other instances, but apparently the culture was one of, I don't want to say toxic, but certainly uh, anything would go to win. And uh, unfortunately, at the press conference, Jim Crane said he disagreed with that part of the commissioner's report, but it really speaks to uh, an insular culture uh, that um, he's got something else I'm going to, to write about. So tell us about though the 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 Red Sox and and really kind of walk us through why you were concerned. Well, I, I frankly it seemed that uh, there's some reports not yet confirmed, but Boston sports reporters generally know what's going on. Uh, that actually when the discipline against the Astros came down and then it was clear that Alex Cora has been involved in this up to his eyeballs, uh, but they are still investigating him. And here he is now coach of the Red Sox. Um, look, look, everybody knew Alex Cora's days were numbered, but the number should have been like zero or one um, very, very few days before it, he should have been fired. Uh, and it did seem like John Henry for at least a moment, and John Henry's the owner of the Red Sox, very wealthy hedge fund manager who has more money than 
Paul McCartney and God put together. Um, John Henry took some time to try and figure out if, if there's an alternative solution here. Very quickly realized, no, there isn't. We got to send you packing. And they parted ways is the official determination. Um, and I actually would give a shout out to the Mets that they did the same thing too. And of course it is just leave it to the Mets to get caught up in a cheating scandal without actually doing any cheating themselves. That just seems like peak Mets to me. Um, it's sad that there are these other teams that are caught up in this scandal. I, d- I don't necessarily want to say the Red Sox are innocent victims because they did the Apple Watch cheating first and I think kind of put the idea into other people's heads. So I'm as much as I am a Red Sox fan, I am not sympathetic to the Red Sox, and I think they'll get the punishment they deserve. Um, the Mets, unfortunately, like, guys, you know, you're hapless for a reason, and this kind of thing happens to the Mets. Let's explore a little bit about uh, if if you thought about kind of the ethical angle on this. And that's sort of the commentary I started to see at the end of the last week. It uh, really talked about the punishment that should come down out, out of this. And you alluded to the Astros being stripped of their World Series title. Um, in terms of an ethical angle, it is completely clear that the Astros stepped over the ethical line. Uh, no, In no way, shape, or form did they do anything that could be uh, justified under under any sort of, uh, I think, ethical argument. But is there a bigger ethical lesson here that we could incorporate into compliance practitioner work? I mean, you want to say that there is, but I didn't think it was a big lesson that you shouldn't cheat. Um, I <laughs> really, and you know, like it, it's not even like this is some sort of Victor Hugo novel where you're cheating to score a fa- loaf of bread to feed your family. I mean, these are all very wealthy men who are trying to cheat to win a little bit more money. Um, Give me a break, guys, Uh, whether you're the players, the managers, the owner, anybody else who's involved here. All of them are fabulously wealthy compared to the average Americans. And here they are still trying to cheat to be just fabulously plus a little bit more wealthy. And I don't have very much sympathy for them. Um, You know, I I do, I suppose, give some credit to the Houston Astros pitcher, the Houston Astros pitcher who came forward to uh, disclose this and essentially blew the whistle on it. Good for him. Um, but like, no, don't cheat. Um, that's the ethical lesson. But I thought that was already one that was pretty self-evident. Uh, plenty of other specific lessons that you and I have already covered about investigations and discipline and gatekeeper roles. But I just, you got to shake your head on the ethics of this. Like how on earth did anybody think this was going to be a good idea that would end well? So can we spend a couple of minutes on the whistleblower? Because that is actually one thing that's concerned me um, a little bit. And first is the almost uniform player response that Mike Fires uh, is a rat. And that was most um, articulated, eloquently articulated by uh, Jessica Mendoza, who is a ESPN uh, Sunday night baseball commentator and a front office personnel in the New York Mets. Now, how they get past that conflict of interest, I don't quite know. (laughs) Nevertheless, she is. And she's also a former, uh, I believe, Olympian uh, uh, for the U.S. softball team. So she's been a player, she's part of management, and she's also part of ESPN. And she came 
flat out and said, um, and I watched the interview, uh, that this guy should not have done this. Uh, what goes on in the clubhouse stays in the clubhouse and you don't rat people out and you don't whistle blow. And I was extraordinarily disconcerted about that as well as most of the players, um, and wondered, uh, you know, if he hadn't done this, obviously the, well, not obviously perhaps, but the commissioner may have never, um, step forward to investigate. And so we have uh, an entire culture that has some ethical boundaries and some ethical rules, but apparently a culture that does not support uh, stepping up and, and uh, saying when people have stepped over those ethical boundaries. So I was very disconcerted about the player response to the whistleblowers. What were your thoughts on that? Uh, that is just like, it's shameful. And the fact of the matter is she could, uh, this uh, analyst uh, who I agree that I don't get how she has a job with ESPN. If she's working for a professional baseball team, that's ridiculous. She shouldn't have one or the other. Of those jobs should not have them. Um, but you know what? I mean, really would, so you'd sit around and if you were a parent with several kids on, in your room doing who knows what in the bedroom, you say, Oh, well, you know, whatever they're doing there, they should keep it among themselves. That's baloney. Everybody knows that's baloney. Um, when you see corporate misconduct of any type, when you see cheating like that, you're supposed to speak out about it. You're supposed to come forward and say, look, I did something stupid. I don't really want to be punished, but I know that it's more important that I come forward anyways. That's what every single parent wants to, their children to do. And it, it really isn't that different of an idea when you scale it up to adults in the workplace. Um, that is nuts. And it's just shameful that she would say that. And frankly, it is shameful that these players would think that. Um, yeah, I, I don't have any sympathy for them. They're wrong, flat out. They make a ton of money to play a baseball game, to play a game. And, you know, if they were making middle America wages of like 65 grand a year, I might have some more um, entertainment of the pressures that you're facing. You don't face any economic pressures if you're a professional baseball player. In one year, you already made more money than most people make in their lifetimes. Get over it. Do the right thing. So I guess the, uh, the final thing, Matt, and we've touched on this several times, is that in addition to some of the specific fallout we've talked about, uh, I think that forever uh, my Houston Astros and our one World Series um, championship is forever tainted. Uh, I think they'll, people will always wonder, were they cheating uh, during the World Series? Uh, I think that um, uh, people will think about Jose Altuve and his uh, walk-off home run against Arnoldus Chapman to win the uh, ALCS against New York. Uh, they're always now going to wonder, was did he have a buzzer under his clothes, under his shirt, and was he signaled? And um, I think that uh, that probably is the biggest sanction. And then uh, the last thing on Hinch and Lunau, um, as as we've talked about, they were both fired by Jim Crane. We both applauded that effort. Um, are they now effectively banned from baseball for life because uh, no one will hire them, or are they because they had gone to such heights in the baseball world and set the template for building a franchise going forward. Uh, somebody's going to hire them and, and wade through the bad press. Well, that's a very good question. Um, because, you know, look, they're both, both of them are both good and bad at their jobs at the same time. Um, you know, look, Lou now is great at being, uh, building a very analytics data driven team. 
And, you know, honestly, the Houston Astros won a phenomenal amount of games in 2017. So it's very possible that even without the cheating, they might have done very well in the playoffs anyways. Um, <coughs> on the other hand, like like I said about A.J. Hinch, um, he was struggling to convey his sentiments to his uh, charges in the clubhouse about what was important. In most corporate America, if you can't convince your employees of in your team of what is important and how you want them to behave, if you can't get them to do that, if you can't get them to understand that, you're not a good manager, and eventually you'll be thrown out of the business. Um, so I don't know. They both have a lot of, I'll say, uh, good brain smarts on how a team should work at the theoretical level, but when you actually put them in charge of a whole bunch of living and breathing human beings, clearly they were turning a blind eye or they were very ineffective at all the other stuff that goes on that doesn't exist in the spreadsheet. So I don't know. I don't know what's more important. I know what I would want if I were picking a manager. I'd want somebody who knows how to deal with people rather than just numbers on a cell in an Excel spreadsheet. Um, but we, time will tell if there's going to be Somebody else out there in Major League Baseball is some owner who is um, materially driven enough to look over this and, you know, take them on for a job anyways. Who knows? Maybe they'll maybe they'll repent. I have no idea. We shall see. But it, it'll be worth watching. Well, Matt, I think we're going to have uh, some more fallout. Uh, unfortunately, I think your Boston Red Sox may uh, be part of that. And if Major League Baseball continues uh, this investigation, uh, and certainly a discussion that uh, hopefully we can continue uh, for both uh, the ethical component and lessons learned for uh, the compliance practitioner. All right, Tom. Thank you. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox again. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Compliance Into the Weed, where Matt indulged me and we took a deep dive into the Astro sign stealing scandal. I've written extensively on this, and I'm going to my blog post on the show notes. I think there's lots of lessons for the compliance professional around uh, compliance programs, corporate culture, and business ethics. I hope you will check it out, and I hope you will continue to think about these issues uh, during the next baseball season. If you have any questions, you can email me at tfox at tfoxlaw.com. You can email Matt at mkelly at radicalcompliance.com. Compliance Into the Weeds is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network and a proud member of C-Suite Radio. I hope you will join Matt and I again next week where we take another deep dive into the Compliance Weeds. Thanks so much for listening. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.